Hello and welcome to the Anxiety to Confidence podcast. I'm your host, Siobhan Booth, and I've been a clinical hypnotherapist since 2011. I specialise in helping people overcome anxiety and build confidence instead. This weekly podcast will cover a wide range of mental health issues related to anxiety, along with some helpful tips and suggestions that you can try at home. If you have any questions that you'd like answered in a future episode, then please head to www.anxietytoconfidence.com forward slash podcast. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello and welcome to another episode of my 2021 guest series. Now this week I'm joined by Hayley, who is telling us her personal story of how the menopause brought on some really quite serious mental health issues. Hayley is a really interesting person to talk to about this because the mental health issues that she experienced affected her so badly that they actually halted a really successful career for her. So it's really interesting to be able to talk to her about what she experienced and also what she's been doing since then because now she helps other people with these types of issues and other women to be able to thrive using a property business afterwards. So I really hope you enjoy this episode. There's a lot of really useful information. There's quite a few resources in this as well. Many of the resources I have listed in the description for this episode. So make sure if this is something that affects you, which as you'll find out later in the episode is actually everybody, then you can go and find those resources and you can work out how you can help yourself or how you can help your loved one who might be going through something similar. So I really hope that you enjoy this episode. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this. I was very keen to get a lot of different perspectives on mental health and the one that you've offered is quite unique. So I've not got anybody else who's been prepared to come on and talk about this. So I kind of just wanted to start off by saying a really big thank you for being prepared to talk about what is quite a personal issue, really. So I thought we'd just get started. If you'd like to just introduce yourself uh, and give us a little bit of background about you. So I'm Hayley. Um, I'm 54 years old, a mother to two teenagers, uh, teenage boys, a wife, and for many, many years worked in the corporate arena um, in sort of sales, uh, more latterly a sort of transformation role where I would go into large organisations and head up transformation work. So make, trying to make them more efficient, save money, to embrace more online operations so that they could interact with their customers um, or residents in the case of local authorities uh, more easily. So fairly intensive periods away from home and um, you know, a thoroughly enjoyable, if all-consuming career. Yeah, it sounds like quite a lot of pressure, quite a lot of responsibility, quite a lot of things that you had to kind of stay on top of and keep control of. Yeah, so lots of responsibility in terms of budget management, uh, lots of staff, um, recruitment issues, trying to keep clients happy. So um, balancing the the many, many changes that we were recommending in organisations against the pace of change that they were comfortable with so um, and obviously reporting upwards um, to my uh, my bosses and keeping them happy in terms of what we were delivering so yeah plenty of responsibility. Okay so that sounds quite intense and quite challenging Um, just give us an idea before we go into what changed for you kind of where you were at that point how did you feel mentally how did you cope with everything? So yeah, I would have I would have considered myself, you know, very robust, both physically and mentally. 
was able to survive on very little sleep. But when I did sleep, it was a very good quality. Um, I could work late into the evening. You know, I could entertain my clients in the evening. Um, if need be, we could talk about um, business late into the night. I was diligent but not a worrier so I would I would make sure that everything was ready but I wouldn't overly analyze things you know I felt confident in my own abilities um and I would I would have been outwardly considered very confident and I considered myself a very confident person so have you experienced mental health issues um before what we're going to be talking about in a minute never no no never so I I would have I wouldn't put myself in a, in in that bracket at all. I would say I've never I've never experienced any sort of mental health issues, no anxiety, and yeah, it was um, not something that I considered would ever be a problem for me. Okay, so for for listeners, what we've come here to talk about is how the menopause affected your mental health. And how much of a change that was for you personally. So talk me through some of the early signs that something wasn't quite going how you would like it to go. So I guess the, the first thing to say is that, that my early symptoms didn't come with a menopause badge on them. You know, when I started to suffer, I had no idea what was the matter with me. And I didn't link for a long time. I didn't link. I didn't link the issues. It took me a long time for the penny to drop. So my early symptoms were, I started to doubt myself. So I started to question my own decision-making. I started to prevaricate over decisions. I would dwell on issues that previously I would have, you know, been, you know, really quick at, at dealing with. Um, I became paranoid about what people were saying or what their opinion was or what they might think if I did something, what was going on behind closed doors. Um, I assumed that I was the topic of conversations in a bad way, not a good way, um, if I didn't know what people were talking about. And a really crippling sense of anxiety. So um, what would happen if? Um, and I can remember quite clearly standing in the bay window in our lounge watching. This was this was in the days when planes still did fly. Um, watching um, aeroplanes go overhead thinking I can't go out because that plane might crash on me. You know, completely nonsensical issues I would that I would catastrophize like that that would be my that would be my life and it was just so alien to, to how I'd led my life previously which was glass half full everything's got a solution everything's going to be fine it was a real real shock to me how did you feel about things like friends and family did it affect you at home as well as at work yeah, definitely. I, I retreated into myself because I, I couldn't explain what was happening. So I didn't want to have to try and explain um, why I was feeling like I did, um, because I didn't have any answers. I didn't know. And so I stopped talking to people, stopped communicating, um, just wanted, literally just wanted to be on my own. That sounds exhausting. Yes. Um, it, it becomes all consuming. 
And of course, one of the other symptoms of the menopause is that you stop sleeping well at night, which again, I would pride myself on my ability to sleep well wherever, you know, I could sleep on airport chairs under the table in a restaurant, you know, I could lay my head down um, on a cafe table for 10 minutes and grab 10 minutes sleep. So I, I pride, prided myself on my ability to sleep anywhere and well. And suddenly I was waking up at three o'clock every morning with my head, my mind in an absolute spin with a thousand things going wrong in my head. And so on top of being exhausted by the effort of being anxious, I was exhausted by the fact that I wasn't sleeping properly. Yeah, it's a really common thing that I hear from clients a lot. It's just this ongoing exhaustion and just feeling like there's no kind of way of getting any more energy. And it can make it even more challenging to try and find help because people are so exhausted. So what kind of effects did this have on you? How did your life start changing? Well, at the time, um, I was living with my partner and, and we do, he'd asked me to marry him. So we had a wedding to plan. Um, and I, you know, the first sign that to me that I had to resolve whatever the, these issues were, was that I couldn't face the thought of planning a wedding. You know, the thought of speaking to suppliers, booking a venue, trying to liaise with friends and family about accommodation, designing invitations just was completely overwhelming to me. And this is someone who would happily step forward and organise parties, you know, as a pastime. Um, if anyone wanted a do um, or a social event, you know, I was the person who was happy to arrange it. And so that was the, the, a real red flag for me that, that I was shying away from things that previously I had would have been like really happy to embrace. You know, on top of that, I was I was so self-doubting that I gave up my job. I, you know, I, I gave up a, a, a very well paid, demanding job because I just didn't feel that I was capable of doing it anymore. No one had said to me, you're not up to this anymore. I had just convinced myself that I couldn't possibly continue to do the job or take the, the salary because I just wasn't up to it. That's quite a drastic measure to take, really. Yeah, for someone who's worked full time their entire life, um, who only took three months off for each of their um, children's births I had three months maternity leave for, for each of them because I loved my work I went back really quickly after each of them was born to suddenly give it up or feel that I had to actually feel that I had to give it up was was a massive shock um, but something I didn't feel I had any choice but to do wow okay that must have been quite a big change yeah because I was then trying to fill my days my anxious days with with something else what was I what was I going to do next so you mentioned when we talked um briefly before recording this that you also had issues with things like weight gain which is surprisingly common with mental health issues how did that affect you so um that was the other one of the other things that affected my confidence um you know you get into this rhythm of you can't sleep so you're exhausted during the day so you need to take a nap in the afternoon you wake up from that and your blood sugar's crashed so you raid the biscuit tin or in the evenings you feel that you just want to slow your brain in some way so 
um, you know, that half a glass of wine that you might have had a couple of times a week turns into half a bottle of wine every evening in an effort to just slow your brain down in some way. So gradually the weight crept on. Um, and of course, that then affects your, your, your confidence and just kind of proves that you shouldn't be going out. You, you, you don't want to go out and you shouldn't go out. Who'd want to see you? If someone does see you, think how embarrassed you'll be. Um, and it just turns into this vicious circle of not wanting to step outside the door. How would you say this made you feel? Like, what was your experience of going through all of this? Pr well, pretty dark, really. I, you know, I, th I think of this period when I look back as a period of real darkness really cloudy in in my life and without doubt you, you you know you can't see a way of going forward you know this isn't how you want your life to be so what's the point in going on you know when when will this end sort of thing you know which is which is so far removed from the type of person that I am you know, normally, um, that it's a massive shock to be lying there in bed at, at three o'clock in the morning thinking, I can't go on like this. Quite often, people struggle with how they feel about having mental health issues. So how they feel about admitting those issues, how they feel about themselves. What was it like for you trying to work out what to do about this? Who did you turn to? I think that was part of the problem in that I didn't want to admit that I had any issues because I've never had issues and, and any issues I've ever had, I've solved myself, you know, and I was very proud of being very self-sufficient, very independent, um, a very healthy person. So I didn't want, I didn't want to admit that I had these problems, but it got to the point where I had to say something to somebody because, you know, life wasn't worth living. Otherwise I had to get some help. I think quite often people see mental health as like a weakness and when you've come from a position of being very very strong it can feel very much like you're having to admit that there's a part of you that's not working properly. I, I at that time I would definitely have considered it a weakness um, and that's how I felt but having now gone through it and come out the other side and spoken to so many other women who've experienced the same sorts of issues you know, that's part of why I wanted to do today's podcast is to is to help people understand the amount of women who are suffering um, from these symptoms and how, you know, it is nothing to be ashamed of, nothing to be ashamed of. Yeah, I think that's a really good message to put out there, because I know from my experiences with clients with all kinds of mental health issues, not just the ones that are experiencing the same kind of thing that you had, they really do take their time coming forward. And they have a real hard time admitting to them that there's something wrong. And this is the problem with mental health is that it's seen as so different to physical health. Because if we were to break something, of course, we would know something is wrong. We'd go to A&E, get an image to make sure that it's dealt with properly. But mental health issues, we hide, we push them away, we pretend they're not happening. There's just this process that so many people go through that make it so incredibly difficult to, to do something about it. I think going experiencing what I have I think you realize that everybody everybody has a spectrum of mental health um, and and nobody ever sits on the very well part of that spectrum all the time 
but so few people are prepared to admit to that that it makes it very difficult for that to be a daily topic of conversation it's interesting that the current pandemic has allowed people to admit more and more that that they're struggling um and you know i'm i'm glad to see that people feel able to say i'm having a really tough day today and then you see other people jump on that and say yeah me too or it will get better i had a day like that last week or you know i can't help but i can be here if you want to talk because you you know you can't be made better by a touch or a conversation but just having it out in the open and not and it not being your dirty little secret anymore takes that edge off it for sure yeah there's a real support i think in understanding that other people go through the same things as well because we've talked about um feeling isolated and i think one of the key things for people can be realizing that that isolation is just in your head because actually a lot of the things that you're experiencing there will be loads of other people that have experienced them and maybe aren't quite brave enough to say something either or for their own reasons are trying to pretend that everything is okay sometimes quite desperately trying to pretend that everything is okay so removing that isolation and being more open about these things definitely i agree with you completely the pandemic has actually helped that in a way it's suddenly become much more acceptable to say today's a bad day and for 2020 and the beginning of 2021, a lot of people have had bad days and that's okay. It's not yes. surprising. No, absolutely. No, I thoroughly agree. Obviously you got to a point where you decided that you needed to do something about it. Where did you go? What was that process like for you? So I, I um, eventually asked for an emergency appointment at my GP surgery. So I hadn't, I hadn't spoken to anyone. I hadn't um, consulted with anyone, but you know, it got to the point one day where I thought I, I'm just, this is the crisis now. I don't know, you know, my heart's beating in my chest. I can't get a full breath into my lungs. You know, I'm catastrophizing the very thought of walking outside the front door. I haven't slept for a full night in I don't know how long I, I can't go on like this um, and I phoned the doctor's surgery and asked for a, an appointment an emergency appointment and the only appointment they could offer me was one with the practice nurse and I walked in and she said what can I do for you today and I just I just burst into tears I said I don't know what's wrong with me but I can't carry on like this and you know very gently she unpicked what I meant, how old I was, what my other symptoms were, and, and we carefully, I guess, picked away a route to it might be men the menopause. And that was, that was the, the start of me getting better. For anyone, approach your GP surgery as a first port of call. That's absolutely the right thing to do. So what kind of treatments then did you found to be of benefit to you? Um, so just the, the letting go, just, you know, just the admitting to the, 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 the poor place that I was in felt good. And the fact that she recognised in me a set of symptoms that she'd seen in other women 
So, you know, she didn't, her jaw didn't drop, drop and she didn't sit back and say, oh, I've never heard that before. Or you're very, you know, you're very strange or um, you're absolutely barking mad. You know, she said, this is very common for women in your age. You know, we can fix this. Um, so just those two things, you know, me saying it and her acknowledging that it wasn't a unique set of problems for me was just was massive. Um, and we talked about the possibility for going on to antidepressants, for considering a hormone replacement therapy, all of which she gave me information on to, to, to go away and research. And of course, once she'd said it could be the menopause, I was then able to tap into a huge amount of resources online about what women suffer when they go through the menopause. And you know, it was like a light switch going on. You know, I've seen lists of 40 plus symptoms that people report, women report when they're going through the menopause. And it's like, it was like reading a description of, of myself. Um, and suddenly you feel that, that, that there's a club that you, that you can be part of that isn't about you going mad in your own lounge and being frightened to go outside the door in case a plane crashes on you. So, yeah, that was massive for me. At what point did you feel comfortable talking to friends and family about this? As soon as we put a, a, um, a label on it, I felt able to, to talk to people about it. Um, not everybody, but people who I thought would, would um, recognise um, the issue. So women who were a similar age or um, women who had a mother who might have experienced um, symptoms. And straight away, I was just blown away by how many of my friends and family and my, my network said, oh, you wouldn't believe what my mum went through, or oh, yeah, my, my auntie really suffered, or oh, my, you know, my neighbour's been on um, patches, hormone replacement patches for six months, and she's like a new woman. Um, you know, it's, it was just suddenly this, this whole flood of feedback, which was, why haven't you guys been <laughs> telling me this before? But of course, no one talks about it. So, um, you know, that's why it's, it's, I don't know why it's, it felt like a secret. Um, and, and it's my, I feel it's part of my role now to tell as many people as possible, well, to prepare people really, because if you're not, if you're, if you're not prepared, it's going to come as a massive shock and we're all going to be affected by it somehow, whether you're a man or a woman, you know, whether you're in your 50s or your 30s, this is coming down the road at you, either in your partner, your mum, your daughter, your sister, you, you know, and you're going to be affected by it. So how did you find the hormone replacement therapy? Is that something that helped you? Um, so it was a bit of a bumpy ride uh, because um getting the right um dose and the right administration of it um and i think i probably stayed on patches too long i think i um probably fell through some cracks in terms of review appointments and that sort of thing but i've got to a place now where i'm really happy with with how i'm being treated i think the menopause has become a real i want to say hot topic more recently, I think some high profile people have started to talk about it. You know, Davina McCall, 
other women whose name escapes me at the moment. Um, one of the Gallagher's ex-wives, Meg, somebody. Um, she's got a, a website, um, Dr. Louise Newsom, um, have, have really taken the time to say, this is important that you guys know about it. And as a result of that, I hope, certainly my doctor's surgery is invested in a menopause specialist. And once I got hooked up with a specialist nurse who is particularly trained in menopause related issues and can prescribe hormone replacement therapies, um, you know, that it, it made a huge difference. Yeah, I think there's there's always a lot of secrecy, firstly around mental health issues in general anyway, but also about like women's problems, which I'm saying in air quotes, always seems to be something that just gets overlooked and gets pushed aside as well. That's just a woman's problem. So you just have to deal with it. But actually, so many of the problems that women face with their hormones, whether it's earlier on in their life or pre-menopause, post-menopause, during the menopause, there is so much out there that can be done to help you and support you in that process. So I think it is really important that more and more people are talking about these things because we make up more than half the population. And it's so important that our mental and physical well-being needs are met on a regular basis. We kind of deserve that right, really. So I think it's it's great that more people are talking about it. Yeah, I mean, I, I've I've gone through periods of being really outraged by um, the lack well, the lack of information, the lack of education. I suppose um, you know I can remember being at school and being taught about periods and your first bra and that sort of thing. But but you know, where's the education around this significant phase in a woman's life? And I suppose the lack of um, the lack of care that was available, because, you know, it's only recently that that menopause speciality has been introduced at my doctor's surgery. But, you know, it's been a historic issue for women. I did some research, a lot of research um, when I was first going through these issues. And I was looking at the reasons that women were admitted to the asylum back in the early part of the the 1900s, late 1800s, early 1900s. Um, and the reasons for their admittance was, was listed. And, you know, it reads as a, as a long list of menopausal symptoms, you know, anxiety and um, hysteria, um, low mood. And I'm thinking these women were, were being taken out of society and locked up because of a set of hormonal responses that weren't being addressed. Um, and if if those age women are now sat at home not being treated and not getting the help that they need because you just have to manage it, you just have to go through it. I just think that's grossly unfair and unnecessary. Yeah, that's really horrible to hear. And it kind of feeds into a lot of the stigma that we face even today, where women are seen as more hysterical, more emotional, more hormonal, which we are. But it's not necessarily a bad thing and it can be managed quite easily in some cases anyway. So yeah, it's, I'm not surprised there's been periods of anger, frustration, probably some hopelessness as well, when you think this massive thing is just not important to people who make decisions at times. No, absolutely. And as I say, it's going to affect, you know, every, everybody's going to have a hormonal woman in their life at some point, <laughs> whether you live with her or whether you're related to her, whether you work with her, you know, and another, another thing I'm passionate about now is, you know, the response of employers to, to menopausal women in the workplace, because, you know, 
I don't know whether I would have made a different decision if I'd have admitted to my problems um, to my employer at the time. Would I still be working there? I don't know. But it's important that women can have that conversation with their employers and can ask for the adjustments and can be recognised as suffering when they're in, you know, acute phases, because it's important. You don't want to lose valuable people from the workplace because you can't or haven't acknowledged an issue that they're going through. Yeah, I think that's a really important message. So for you now, how are you feeling now? Um, well, certainly stronger as a result of going through it. Much more empathy for people who are suffering, both menopausally and from other mental health issues. I feel much, much stronger. Um, you know, I've lost the weight that I've gained. Um, I feel better. I sleep brilliantly. Um, I have more energy. I can last the whole day now without having some sort of nap in the afternoon. And I've been able to start a new business. So, you know, I feel so much better, so much better than I did. I don't recognize, in fact, I don't recognize the person I was. That's amazing. I'm so pleased that there's been a positive resolution for you. I think, I think the most important thing for me was reaching out. It was just to say to somebody and it, and it, and it was, it was good that it was the practice nurse because, you know, I tapped into a resource really quickly, but I think talking to anybody at that point would have been good because I think anybody who could, who I admitted my problems to would have said, you need to see a doctor. And, and that would have got me on the right path. So just really being honest, that's what I've learned, you know, not hiding it, not being embarrassed by it, not being ashamed to say, I'm not coping. So where can people find more information if they're struggling with a similar sort of issue? Um, so I found um, lots of, I'm going to call it dry research, but there's, there's you know, lots of research that says this is, this is how the menopause works, this is how it affects your body, this is the list of symptoms you might suffer from, and that's helpful. Um, I think for me, there were, there were two places, really. One was the support you can get on social media. Um, so specific um, membership groups around the menopause that, that puts you in touch with people who are suffering from the same sorts of things and gives you the support you need. Um, so, you know, if you're having a bad day or if you're displaying a particular symptom, you can say that I'm feeling a bit like this or I've got, you know, a rash like this. And people can say, yeah, I suffered the same or no, maybe get it looked at. So, you know, reach out for support, talk to your family. And another brilliant resource is um, Dr. Louise Newsom's uh, website and her podcast. Um, she has an app and a podcast that uh, the app allows you to log your symptoms so you can start to see if there's a pattern. Um, it's very then helpful if you go and see a medical professional to be able to say, look, this is what I've been suffering from. Um, and the podcast covers a whole range of, of expertise and, and um, topics around, around the menopause. And it just helps you tap into the almost normality of this, that it, this isn't a, a, an unusual thing that you're going through um, and there is help out there. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, you've actually given me the details of the podcast, so I'll find it and I'll put a link in the description to the podcast. So if anybody is looking for more information and would like a bit more support and a bit more help with this situation, 
then um, yeah, head to the link that I'll put in the description and you'll be able to find. Um, so it's the Dr. Louise Newson one, is that correct? Yes, that's right. And it's called Newson Health. Uh, so her podcast is called Newson Health and her app is called Balance. Okay. Brilliant. I'll uh, find links for those to make it easier for people to find them. But I have to say, from a younger woman who obviously has this to look forward to, I cannot say how much I appreciate you coming out and talking about this, um, because it is so important that people are aware of it. And we'll probably start with more women becoming aware, but hopefully at some point more men will become aware and we'll be able to notice in their partners. As you said, at some point there'll be a hormonal woman in everyone's life. So hopefully at some point we can start to raise awareness to the point where it is completely normal because this process is completely normal. It's a yes. biological process that almost every woman will go through. So I have to say thank you so much for talking about your experiences of it. You're very welcome. I hope it helps. I hope it helps a lot of people. If it helps just one woman, um, then I'd be very happy with that. Yeah, absolutely. So your new business now, what does that do? Um, so I've been a, um, a long time um, armchair investor, property investor, and I'd always harboured um, thoughts of expanding my, my portfolio. So when I gave up work, I decided that that's what I would turn to. So what I do now is I, I help other women who perhaps are coming to the end of a corporate career and have funds to invest, but don't know where to start, or perhaps have had my experience, which is, you know, they've had to give up work because they just can't, they just can't stand the corporate environment any longer for whatever reason, and help them become independent through property. So that's my new business is, is using my experience in property and the menopause to help women like me maintain their independence or gain their independence that sounds amazing so being able to thrive still despite this process that's going on absolutely yeah and and doing it on your own terms working on your own terms doing it in the hours that suit you best and you know it's something that can be run from home as well which in in these uh, very strange times is very useful so if people wanted to find out more information about that where could they find you um, so I'm on LinkedIn um, and on Facebook as Hayley Dickinson. Okay, cool. So yes, if that applies to you, then I would strongly recommend you go and uh, have a look at that. But yeah, thank you very much for sharing everything. I think there's so many useful things that will help people hopefully recognise what's going on with them. Um, and then hopefully think about going and approaching a local GP or whatever the healthcare system is in your country, but making sure that you go find some help for that. Yeah, I, I, I suppose, you know, to sum it up, I would say if you're suffering, please reach out. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast for notifications on future episodes. And if you have the time to write a quick review, then that would be greatly appreciated. To find out more about me and the work that I do, please head to www.anxietytoconfidence.com. That's the number two, anxiety2confidence.com.